Hey everyone, it is Sean and Dave here from Saturday Morning Cartoons. We want to thank the following people for going to patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons and supporting our show. So a huge thank you to Derek Haynes. Dr. Jason Woods. Jamal Newman. Melanie Harker. Allison Keene. The one and only Sean Paul Ellis. And the amazing Dave Trumbor. Oh, thank you so much. Now, it might sound kind of weird that we are thanking some familiar people and ourselves in this list, but we want to let you listeners out there know that we are not just asking you to support us through Patreon. We are actually putting our hard-earned dollars uh, into the show as well. So we just want to say thank you to those who have supported. And for anyone who can't but would like to help that, help out the show in some way, feel free to share our Patreon page within your social media circles. It would really help a lot. So thank you, guys. We appreciate you going to patreon.com slash Cartoons to sponsor and support our podcast. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from the nursery room, I'll be your co-host Dave Trumbor. Joining me as always, and fresh from his afternoon nap, it's Sean Paul Ellis. How's it going, Sean? Ah, uh, David, 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 I'm doing well, buddy. So How about yourself? Sleepy, sleepy little guy. Oh feeling? man, I'm all, I'm all, I'm all tuckered out, tuckered but I'm just out, little guy. Uh, just waking up right now, oh. just kind of getting into just. Discovering some old toys and some stuff. Just rolling and, around there on the ground. Yeah, just rolling around. Oh my God! Look, uh, you just bumped into coming. somebody. Who is? Yeah, I just bumped. Who else is laying on the ground? <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, we have a uh, we have returning uh, artist and friend of the show. We have Charlie Visconage coming back. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> that's that's how I wake that's up from my, my nap. Like friends. Fat Albert. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I used to freak yeah, my, my probably won't me. repeat that one again, but good to be here. I used to freak out the daycare minders. They would roll me over and just be like, all right, time to wake up. Hey, hey, hey. They did not like that. <laughs> <laughs> that is so scary. I'm going to ask you guys this. Did you, did you guys ever go to daycare? Were you ever in daycare? Yes. You were in daycare? Sean? Yeah, definitely. Tell me, did you guys have to do nap time? I'm like having weird like PTSD nap time flashbacks now. In mine, no. It was more like after school yeah. and then some in the summer. But no, there was no enforced napping. If anything, there was enforced just like be outside for many hours. What about you, Sean? Did you have enforced yeah. napping? I, I definitely did, and I hated it. Still do to this day. I, I didn't have any forced napping. It was one of those things, again, sort of like what Charlie's saying. It was, uh, it was before school, after school, and then a lot during the summer. Yeah. Uh, so it was this, it was a lot of the, the neighborhood and development that I grew up in had a lot of stay at home moms, uh, which was great because then, you know, we could go to different kids, friends, houses and they would, and like one parent would buy all the cereal for that week or one, somebody would buy all the snacks for that week. And then that would be the place that we'd all congregate to watch like Ninja Turtles after school, or we'd watch James Bond Jr. in the morning before school. All the things. Yeah, so there was a, and then same thing for like you, it was always like, we had a really big area and everybody had bikes, so it was just, hey, go get into trouble somewhere. <laughs> but in the not in the house. Yeah. Please. Did you guys have, so. maybe, maybe I was the only one, did you have like those li- little mats that you had to roll out? I had those in out? kinder, I had, yeah, when I, I was had like, like really a, young, yeah. Yeah, like a pre-K or like a kindergarten class. Oh, we, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had like, we had the mats that you had to sleep on, and that's when we had like, uh, mandatory yep. nap time in the middle 
of stuff. And that always creeped me out. But it was only for like one year. That is exactly where my brain was going back to when we were just talking about this stuff, though. Like watching these shows that we watched tonight, like that, I think, was where I was stuck. Like my memory was just stuck in this like awful place of like enforced labor camp nap time, <laughs> which I hated it. I, rem- I, I still remember my like my fold up little like quarter inch foam mat with it was like an American flag design. I hated the damn thing because I hated being forced to take naps. I still feel that way. Now You're that not I'm, a nap taker, are you? I love taking naps on my time. I'm like a libertarian nap taker. <laughs> Don't tell me when to take my naps. I'll tell you when you I'm going to No, everybody take my should nap. just take whatever naps they want. That's right. Um, can't have the nanny state telling oh, you what to do. Oh, nicely done. Oh, I think that's, like that's going to be the top of the show tonight. I don't know if I can top that. So <laughs> we're, talking, we're talking nanny. We're talking babies. We're talking nap time. This is a weird, this is a weird segue. Uh, into Muppet Babies tonight, but there it is. That's what we're going to be talking about tonight. So why are we talking about Muppet Babies tonight? Who brought this weird suggestion up for us? Well, Sean sent me an email yep. and was like, come up with a show. <laughs> and uh, I've unsuccessfully pitched Porco Rosso, the Studio Ghibli movie, for the third time. And uh, since that one didn't get chosen, we went with Muppet Babies. It was a tough call for me personally, just because we haven't done a movie before. I was just like, ah, I can't really start. Now, with well, Porco it's Rosso. major cry fuel for me, so maybe another time. Aww. But, um, but I, I have very fond memories of Muppet Babies, yep. and in fact, you know, I was texting my brother. I was like, "Oh, do you remember?" He's like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah." And he even talked about one of the episodes that we're gonna oh, touch on tonight. And then my wife was like, "Oh, I might actually listen to the show this time because nice. I, I was like, ooh." Uh, nice dig, well, baby. If you if you made it this far, we appreciate you still listening to the the actual portion <laughs> yeah. of the show that's about to come up. Um, exactly. Yeah. As soon as I mentioned, I told Allison what we were going to be watching tonight. As soon as the word Muppet Baby was out of my mouth, she just started singing the theme song. So we'll talk yeah. about that in a second. But it's one of those that like really digs deep into your brain and just you cannot get rid of it. So for better or worse. Uh, but before we get into all that tonight, Sean's going to give us a little bit of the history on this show that you might not know. Yeah, so Jim Henson's Muppet Babies, a.k.a. Muppet Babies, (laughs) is an American animated television series that aired from 1984 to 1991 on CBS. Muppet Babies was produced by the Jim Henson Company and Marvel Productions. The rights are now held by the Walt Disney Company. So I'm going to try to figure out how they're going to work their way into Avengers Affinity War. And Star Wars. And Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the idea of presenting the Muppets as children first appeared in a dream sequence in The Muppet Takes or The Muppets Take Manhattan, released two months before Muppet Babies debuted, in which Miss Piggy imagined what it would be like if she and Kermit the Frog had grown up together. Now, I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know any of this like pre- uh, arranged stuff existed. I mean, I'm assuming it came up in the script writing process and somebody had the idea like that would make a cool like animated kid series. I just, I had no clue that that's where like this iteration came from. Um, what do you, what do you guys think of the idea of taking a property like the Muppets that had been around for years and then not just cartoonifying it, but like the baby version of it? Cause we've seen that in, in recent years too, but like, what are your thoughts on a baby version of something? I think it's a little weird, but I like that it's not like Kermit's son. Right. I'm cool with it being younger. Like uh, an execution where I don't think it worked, if you guys remember, is like the Flintstone kids. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Where it's just like, I don't give a shit about their children. <laughs> like the kids are not compelling characters. Right. So I think already compelling Muppets, if you buy that, then just as babies getting into hijinks, 
um, with Star Wars and Indiana Jones clips oh of all about. That whole thing. I, I, I'd forgotten like all about that. And we'll talk about that in like the animation section, I guess, because it kind of plays in there. But yeah. right. Yeah. Go ahead, John. Uh, I, I definitely, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's very weird because I, I think that this actually is a great tie in. And I doing research for tonight's show, I had read the part about Muppets take Manhattan. Mm. And like you said, I had no idea. Right. I almost wanted to go back and I, I found the clip of, you know, Miss Piggy imagining herself as a young kid and stuff like that. And so that makes sense. I, the, the crazy thing to think is that if this show came out in 1984, mm-hmm. Jim Henson had no way of being able to, to, to say, would this work? Would this be something that's viable? Or I would prefer there, that I, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, uh, like there's no market testing focus group behind this. It was just, you know what? That is a great idea. And I'm Jim Henson. So I'm just going to fucking make it right. and put this out there. And just like most things that Jim Henson has done, they're crazy fun. You know, so I, I also feel like Muppets in and of itself. I know that, you know, originally the variety show that they had was kind of targeted towards adults, but it was extremely accessible because of the, the very G rated humor that it had for kids anyway. So I feel by extension of that G rated accessibility mm-hmm. for kids that this was sort of, this feels like a logical next step, especially because if you're going with the variety show that I, I think had ended uh, in, in the 80s as well, um, this would have been one of those things that it would have, if the Muppet show had continued, mm-hmm. another generation of people would have come up watching Muppet Babies right. and been like, oh, I'm just going to seamlessly transition into this more adult-appropriate show that's still very wholesome. Right. I think that that's what continues. That's the thread for me between both of these is just the, the wholesome kind of innocence uh, and like sort of slapstick comedy mm-hmm. for this. Always super enjoyable. Let me ask you that then before we get into the synopsis of, of this cartoon in particular. Are you guys Muppets fans? Charlie? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, the, I mean, I think talking to the accessibility, they were like some of the first movies I can remember watching as kids. Like, so the live action one, like Muppets Take Manhattan, great Muppet Caper with Charles Grodin mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. Um, just Muppets I Christmas Carol. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, enjoying all those. And I really love the Muppet area at uh, former, or I guess it's now Hollywood Studios at Disney, uh, where they have the live, the 3D Muppet show. Yeah. Uh, was always super fun to go to. And I, I apologize. The like the Muppet show, the variety show that they did on TV ended in eighty one. Okay, oh, so it was so a couple of years. This was that. like three years later. Yeah. They were like, we're gonna because you know they had the show and then it spawned all of the movies, right. and so this this does feel to me like it was a natural logical progression for this franchise. That kind of makes sense. I'm kind of on. I'm an outlier here. I was not ever a huge Muppets fan. I was never a big fan of the Muppets. I was never a big fan of even Muppet Babies. I definitely watched it because it was just like a cartoon that was on, but always kind of with like a sneer, even when I was a little kid, like (laughs) like a one-year-old sneer. Just, I don't know. It's just something about the humor and the characters never super appealed to me. I don't know what it was. Even to this day, just just can't do it. You just don't like really, really meta-meta humor? (laughs) I mean, I I don't know. I think that I do. I just, I don't know. It's just something about the approach and the tone. Yeah, or I mean, I feel like I just don't like good things. Essentially, 
Oh, well, boy. I feel like a not charitable view of the Muppets is just like dad jokes in puppet form and or animated <laughs> puppet form. See, but I wouldn't even like, I can see that. I could see why people wouldn't like it for that. Because some of the stuff is just like, oh, God, it's just like eye rolling. <laughs> but right. more, more in the Muppet Babies, I think, than the Muppets. The Muppets obviously had like, it was very smart. It was well written. Uh, the timing was exceptional. It's just, it just never kind of hit my funny bone. It's just one of those yeah. things that just never hit for me. And I, I, it's one of those shows I can sit there and I can like appreciate it and just be like, that's a good joke. But that doesn't make me laugh. It, it makes me right. like, I understand this joke. Please give me the next one. It's a very like robotic way of watching it. I just never get invested in it. Allison loves it. Mm. She loves all the Muppet stuff. So, so when the new one came on, what last year, two years ago, yeah, like Tina Fey produced. Um, yeah, I wasn't super thrilled with it either. Did you guys watch the new one? I didn't see that one. I saw the one before. Um, oh, like another Tina attempted Andrew. reboot. Well, I think it was the the one with Tina Fey was like the second oh, one okay, in yeah. that continuity. But yeah, I don't know. So just keep that in mind, listeners, and you guys as well, as we go through our talk of Muppet Babies tonight, because that may color my <laughs> should, commentary a little bit. Should make for a good foil. Yeah. And just direct nice. all your barbs at me, because I'm the bad guy. It's totally fine. Um, another thing for you guys to keep in mind, and maybe our listeners out there as well, think of a property that you enjoy right now that you think a baby version of could work. Just keep that in mind for a little bit. We'll come back. Remind me. We'll revisit that at the end of the show when we do our recommendations and stuff. Something you'd uh -oh. like to see. Uh-oh. Something I've you'd like to see. I've already got a couple five. good ideas. You already got a couple. Let's, let me get into the synopsis. Maybe we can pick up right from that after synopsis. So if you've never okay. seen Muppet Babies, uh, the show portrays childhood versions of the Muppets living together in a nursery under the care of a nanny who appears in almost every episode, but her face is never visible. So you only ever see like from the knee down, you see her stockings and her shoes. That's about it. Uh, and like Charlie mentioned, these are not the kids of the Muppets that you know and love. They are the smaller childhood versions of them. Same exact Muppets. Uh, the central idea of each episode is the power of imagination. The baby's imaginary games uh, transition from the nursery into scenes that become quote-unquote real to the babies. These fantasies are filled with footage from movies like Star Wars, Ghostbusters, and Indiana Jones. Each episode contains a related musical number as well. When the pretend game becomes too perilous, uh, or they get interrupted by, like, Nanny delivering fruit or something like that. The scene dissolves and they find <laughs> themselves in a nursery once more. Nanny is the voice of reason, congratulating them on their creativity or soothing their fears. So, I think that's a pretty good synopsis for what The Muppet Babies is about. Because it has that kind of variety show feel that The Muppets had. Just for, like, little kids. And just, like, contained in a weird imagination-filled, just, like, nursery room. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine, I and mean, I know that we, Charlie and I watched this show, I know that you watched it with a sneer, Dave, but the, <laughs> the number of references that are in this yeah. is, is almost overwhelming at a port, at a, it was almost overwhelming at a point, and I'm an adult, <laughs> and I can't imagine having watched this as a kid, and just, I, I think that I must have just been like, wow, there's just so much color. And they keep jumping around all the time. Maybe that's why my, I didn't like little... it as a kid, because I was just like, there's a lot of words, and I'm not getting a lot of this stuff, and I'm really frustrated. Yeah. I think that, that I mean, I, I can't imagine having a, a frame of reference for Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. I'm also nervous no, definitely not. that and I loved those it as kids watched yeah. that movie. Yeah. I'm also nervous that those kids watched that movie and understood some of the portions of it enough that they could like jump into... <laughs> A version that's like right before the Kalima. Well, now wasn't that 
one of the movies that like forced the PG-13 rating or like they were going to yeah. give it an R, but then Spielberg was just like, uh, no, we're going to create a new rating for it and it's going to be PG-13 and we're going to stick with that. Yeah. Something, something to that effect. Um, there's a lot of like weird kind of studio-related incestuous stuff when it comes to what they decide to put in this show and what they leave out. Because there's like really old... I don't want to get into that now. We'll get into that in animation. Let's, let's jump to the theme song first. Because like yeah. I said, one of the most recognizable theme songs out there. So, Charlie, what are your thoughts on the theme song? I really, you know, I mean, I enjoyed it. But then when I was uh, catching up on it today, it was like the moment it hit, I was like, oh, yep, this is somewhere like deep back yep. in my brain. Yeah. Um, and now it will never leave me. Nope. <laughs> it's in there. It's got its hooks in it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, was, I still found it very enjoyable. And I think that that's one thing, even with newer prestige television, it's just like, Oh man, you kind of like a good theme song works. Like people put a lot of time into this, yep. even though it's sort of for a silly thing. I definitely thought that this was a complete earworm. Mm-hmm. I'm in the same boat as you and Allison Keen. The second I began to think about this, I, I immediately snapped into my Kermit where I was like, when the world looks kind of weird and you wish that you weren't there. <laughs> Love the fact that parts of it are sung by different characters as it sort of goes around uh, and it sort of gives you that exposure to the cast of characters. Yeah. Uh, it's fun. I love the sort of like a crooning that's sort of at the end or the, the crescendo, yeah. like the, like when it, they layer Muppet babies, like on top of each other towards the end. I always wonder what they're saying in that. Cause they're like Muppet, Muppet, Muppet babies, babies, babies. Yeah. There's and some soprano in there. It just gets lost. <laughs> I, I I always thought they're saying dreams do come true. That sounds and nice. I'm like, I like that. I'm like, what if it sort what of if, fits thematically? Yeah, Let's go with what that. a nice nice thing to kind of lead in with. So I love this theme song. Yeah, I think it's like musically, it's kind of amazing because they like right out of the gates hit that like super high like soprano note from like the people singing just Muppet Babies. They just like boom, that's the first thing that hits you. So it kind of just grabs your attention, and then that sort of falls into the background and then sean like you said great point where the character voices actually get to sing as their characters and it is a great roll call as you kind of go down because like imagine if you'd watched muppets for years the the puppet versions right the the adult versions and then you were like what is this thing muppet babies is my my kid gonna be okay watching this and then the first thing you see is like all these cute little like kid versions and you're just like oh there's kermit oh there's piggy oh there's rolf and look at animal it's like that's a cool kind of like connection for me. It's a really good roll call. You don't have to like say their names because you already know who they are, but you also get an introduction to their voices too. And it was really cool. And that thing is never coming out of my brain unless I get a lobotomy or something because that's stuck in there forever. <laughs> or concussion. Yeah. If, if, that, if the Muppet baby section of my brain gets concussed, then maybe it'll leave and then I'll enjoy it because I'll get to watch it again and learn it all over again. But, uh, Aww. but no, it's good. But it'll, it's good, but it'll good still time. sneer. I still will. Like, this and if I'm that concussed, I probably still won't get all the references. So, right, yeah. but why do I feel like this is gonna this is gonna turn into one of those things where it's like uh, open brain surgery, where it's like Dave has like the map or like the mask over top <laughs> of his face, and they're operating him, but they're they're watching episodes on YouTube of Muppet Babies, and they're like, if I poke here, do you enjoy this more or less? And he's like, uh, still, still less, still less, still sneering. I don't know, bud. Yeah, the, <laughs> face is just yeah, the visual gags don't work real well for the audio podcast. I apologize. No, no, no. Uh, it was great, though. Thank listeners. you, thank you. 
since we were talking about um, all the references, most of them, a lot of them are written in the jokes, but a lot of them come from the visual references and they are so fast. So let's get into, first we'll talk animation style of the actual like Muppet Baby characters. And then we'll talk about this whole other thing that's kind of folded into this cartoon in a way that I don't think I've ever seen before outside of Muppet Babies. Yeah, I mean, I think that the style... So I was reading a little bit on the Wikipedia. Mm. I mean, this is pretty common where they I think they wrote the scripts and then sent them overseas sure. to, I think, a Japanese and then a Korean animation house. Like, they switched uh, between seasons four and five, mm. I want to say. Okay. Um, so they're definitely, like, very cutesy looking, but super recognizable. Um, as all of the characters, um, Miss Piggy has shorter hair, to, so you know that she hasn't aged that much. Um, but other, or like they have diapers, right. which uh, seemingly never used. Um, thankfully, thankfully, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It's a little bit. I mean, like sloppy is not quite the word I want to get to, but it's not that sharp. Yeah, it's like, not, it sort not of looks quite as tight like as Vaseline Dover. Yeah. Um, but I don't mind it. It just seems like it was produced like pretty quickly because they have to crank out 50 or however many. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you that it seems like the quality, I, I think for something as recognizable as the Muppets, mm-hmm. you don't have to really try so hard. And it, that definitely that definitely came through in the animation style. Yeah. I will say the one thing that I really did enjoy about this is just the, the bright colors yeah. on all the characters. Um, each one of these characters had maybe like usually about three, yeah. uh, like three max. or four, like really, really bold, bold colors. So like with Miss Piggy, you had like a really bright white, the pink uh, you had, like, I think her eyes were blue yeah. and her yellow hair, yeah. and her yellow hair, that like yellow, like tuft of curly hair that was there for Kermit. You know, you had blue, you had white, green, and then like the almost like uh, un like unmistakable like sort of red inside of his mm-hmm. mouth whenever he opened like you know which I, I had a Kermit puppet when I was a kid and so that was like my favorite part was like you know when Kermit would open his mouth on the show and would just like move his head back and forth like real crazy ah! Ah! you know and that was uh, for me that was like always a joy was to just like hold the hands up. And then just make him like shake around really quick. <laughs> it's probably why it like I found him only a couple months ago and he was mostly broken. So I was like, maybe I should have toned it down a notch when I was seven years old. That made me snare but, a little bit. I don't know if you saw that or not. Oh boy. <laughs> not winning Dave over on this no, one. We felt it. that one. But yeah, the uh, I, I love the use of colors yep. for the specific characters because then the the backgrounds uh, would end up kind of being uh, really kind of drab in yeah. many cases. Uh, and that was sort of when they we had an episode tonight where they left the nursery where everything was kind of uh, dark but when they're in the nursery even then there's times when things are like really kind of dark despite the fact that there just seems to be a giant nursery that gets a lot of natural sunlight (laughs) but for some reason they cannot figure out how to illuminate just basic things in there. I'll tell you what I like about that though I like how it's shot from that perspective right because these are just like little babies like maybe a foot tall I, I've got a lot of like questions about the biology of these things. It's either a giant frog, a tiny pig. Uh, I don't know what what is going on with all these animals, and why does Nanny? Why is she looking after all these like barnyard animals to begin with? Anyway, 
But maybe those well, are I think questions. Uh, yeah. Nuclear holocaust, oh, so? and they're all locked in there. They never leave the house, so that's quite possible. <laughs> right? Yeah. She's just like, they can never know the truth. Oh, my God. It's like Fallout <laughs> 5 or something. I don't know what. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this is really... We almost have to have a separate section yeah. of the show tonight that's just called questions. Yeah. Because yeah. I've written down like five or six questions about this show that I don't... That I feel like I could pose them to each one of us, and we'd all have wildly yeah, different answers. I don't think there is any real answer, but... But to that point, I just like the fact that they kind of had that perspective from, like, the ground level. Like, the only other show that I can think of that really did that well was Rugrats. Rugrats, you would actually mm-hmm. get, like, a crawling perspective. You would kind of, everything was from the floor up. So you'd be, like, looking at the couch from the floor up. And it's just, for us, obviously, walking around, I don't know how often you guys crawl around on your own floor, but you often. often. Yeah, a lot. Okay, so I don't get to see that perspective very often, but you guys do. So it was, no. it was got, cool. got to come down. I think, here, I, I, think I might just like do the worm just like through the house and see what things look like. Um, but I, I appreciated that. I thought that was pretty neat. Uh, but yeah. we definitely need to talk about these stock footage clips and homages that are introduced here. Because what Let's is going on it. with that? So, yeah, walk us through like the explanation of it. Like, what are, what are we talking about here? Yeah. So, I mean, in any given episode, there are clips from recognizable movies. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Indiana Jones and Star Wars being chief among them but then also all sorts of weird old stock footage like trains sort of like western scenes certainly more stuff than that um and then sometimes there'll be i think in the indiana jones one they sort of like pop out into a freeze frame of one if i'm not mistaken right yeah um and definitely a lot of that footage in the news episode i mean it's kind of cool in a way in another way it just seems like oh okay this is you can use up a couple seconds right with this stock footage. Um, but my crackpot theory is, I think at one time, CBS video distributed Star Wars and Indiana Jones. And even in 1984, when it started, I mean, through the early 90s, these were not sort of the hot properties, money-wise, that they are today, necessarily. They were definitely targeting, right. you know, people like ourselves. Uh, but it wasn't like something your mom or girlfriend would necessarily be into as well. Yeah. So say all that to say that it was probably very cheap to license those images is, is my guess. No, I mean, I, I would agree. I, I think it's, we talked about sort of the quality of the animation and how it, it's okay. Yeah, it's a little rough. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little bit rough. Uh, and it seems like it was hastily made at certain portions. And to kind of piggyback off of that, it also seems like, to have these weird interstitials where they're pulling in, you know, uh, was it like a 1920s, like a vaudeville dance act? Right. And you're like, whoa, it really felt like they were, hey, let's concentrate on drawing poorly. And in the meantime, we're also going to cut in a bunch of these random clips for just other things for no reason. Right. And just have them react to it. With all of these interstitials that they have that are included uh, and all of these reactions that we have from all these different characters, I think the characters obviously are what are so important in this this cartoon. Like, if you had anything else, and if this was babies of something else, it would not have yeah, been. Yeah, totally wouldn't work. Yeah, it wouldn't work. But because we know Muppets, and because we're familiar, and because from Muppets Take Manhattan, we had sort of that uh, lead in for this. Uh, these characters. So let's let's talk about them quickly. Sure. Did you have Did you have some favorites? I think I really liked Rolf. Um, number one, I think this is just this is an episode full of Charlie crackpot theories. But his <laughs> his voice actor or actress 
sounded so much to me like Nelson from The Simpsons. A little bit, yeah. Um, hope it's the same person. You know, if, if you, sir, ma'am, want to come forward and identify yourself, just tweet at Saturday Morning Cartoons. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just liked his voice. And I don't know. I've always had a soft spot for Fozzie because I love his sort of dopey humor and general obliviousness. Yeah. Um, and I think that that still works. I mean, it certainly works for like four-year-olds who watch this. Yeah. Um, but it was still like, you know, I couldn't help but smile. Yeah, I mean, there were characters like when we saw Gonzo in this. Gonzo was always one of my my favorite characters. So was Fozzie Bear. Yeah, and and just Gonzo with his obsession with different chickens and was it Camilla? Yeah, the the particular chicken that he has that's on the show often. And so it was one of those things where all of these things felt very accessible. They felt very familiar. You weren't going out on a, a limb for any of these characters. Kermit is still the same green frog that he always was. Sort of a rule follower. Exactly. And Miss Piggy has the same sort of attitude that she has uh, that we've all come to know and love and a certain assertive bossiness, which is fantastic. Which seems to turn on many of hers. So, I mean, Gonzo is also like attracted to her. Right. Um, I don't know if that's like <laughs> canonical. Maybe he grew out of it. It's just a very, it's very bizarre that they would pick up on this, even in an episode that we watched tonight, where there's a nursery love triangle. Yeah. That seems very interesting. Uh, but uh, some of the other characters that we've had that we didn't mention uh, are Animal. We have yeah. Animal who's, a, I want to say, younger than all of the other kids. He's more of the baby of yeah. the group. Or developmentally, you know. He's, I mean, he's working. He's working on some things. <laughs> Uh, and then we also have uh, Scooter and Skeeter. Yeah. Now, so I think Skeeter is a unique to this show character. I think, yes. Is that right? Because Scooter is in the... Scooter is the, the sort of the bird-looking kind of character. Right. And Scooter is, uh, he's a male. Uh, he's got like very, uh, the hair kind of looks like worms on top of yeah, his or head. Like coral. Yeah, like orange worm coral. Uh, but sort of like a yellowish bird kind of body and so scooter has been in a lot of the stuff he wears glasses and there's always that comical joke where he takes he like he lifts up his glasses and reveals that his eyes are just kind of like very like like, little dots like little tiny (laughs) teeny tiny dots but when he puts his glasses down they're obviously magnified giant coke bottle lenses so we have him so skeeter is his twin sister and in some of the stuff that i was reading for tonight uh, you're right that Skeeter is a unique character to this show, mainly because they wanted to add another female character into the nursery, so it wasn't a total sausage fest of a show, which is pretty hard... forward thinking. Yeah, right. But it, it's crazy to think to me that like they would have even thought, "Hey, let's add a new character, and then let's never bring her into a movie or any of the additional continuity." They've had many, many opportunities to be able to add her into something. And she has just always remained elusive. It's as if they finished their time in the nursery, graduated to whatever was next, presumably just directly into the Muppet show. And then she was like, I don't want to do this anymore. She had a really bad audition for the Muppet show. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry, Skeeter. (laughs) My terrible Kermit. (laughs) She didn't make the cut. I'm I'm real sorry, Skeeter. Uh, Just... I just don't think you're going to cut it. 
You uh, get get your bags and get the hell out of here. <laughs> Don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, it, it just it's interesting that they would have that kind of a character for this show. Now, I remember them bringing in other characters at different points. I remember Bunsen and Beaker right. coming on the show as sort of uh, coming from another family that they were dropped off into the nursery and that they would spend some time, but then inevitably at the end of the episode, they would disappear. It was kind of inconsistent as to, to who the parents were, which is the theme for this entire show to begin. Right. With. Yeah. They're all parentless as far as we know. So we have the characters, uh, anybody else character wise that you can think of? Not really. I think you're hitting kind of all the major. Well, I mean, nanny, I guess well, we'd nanny, be remiss yeah. to not mention nanny who, uh, as Dave said, you know, you can only see sort of from the hem of her skirt down who is their loving caretaker. Um, and she militantly forces them to nap. Um, but does it in a loving way. Um, I'm going to be honest. She seems like a really kind of crappy caretaker. <laughs> well, she's always just like watching TV. And it's like, hey, guys, when I'm done watching my stories, then I'll help you out. That actually really hit home for me because growing up in, uh, in high school, uh, in middle school and high school, uh, there was a show every Friday night that came on at like, at, you know, I think it was 10 o'clock. Uh, and it was Barbara Walters with oh, 2020. 2020. Yeah. And I'm sorry, Mom, I apologize in advance. But every time I would have to, like, I'd be like, hey, I'm going to go out or I'm going to go meet up with some friends. Or uh, I used to go watch movies at a, a friend in high school who was working at a movie theater. And so we would go and watch movies after hour because we could get in for free and he could work the projector. And so I could see whatever I wanted. We just had to be there at like yeah. 12, 1230. And so I'd always be asking, like, can I go out? Can I go do something? And my mom continually would be like, uh, you have to wait until a commercial. I'm in the middle of 2020 right now. <laughs> and I'd be like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I was, it was frustrating. But I definitely got some of that parental vibe was relatable to me in retrospective watching it now as an adult that I got from my mom. Because we definitely had a, a moment in this where Nanny was like, uh, I'm watching the news right now, so <laughs> let me finish watching Get the news. Out. Please leave me alone. <laughs> and then the kids are like, they, the, all the Muppet babies are just like, why does she watch the news so much? Like, it becomes like a mystery to them that they need to solve. Well, I mean, I think they bring up some good points. It's like, yo, this is kind of boring. I mean, <laughs> I, it, it, this is what I, I, I think of for the Muppet Babies Day. They wake up, Nanny feeds them. She seemingly then lets them, like, leaves them to their own devices for a couple hours. Right. (laughs) And then comes back with a snack. Again, leaves them to their own devices, comes back mandatory nap time. Leaves them again to their own devices, comes back dinner. Like, lunch or, you know, dinner with them there. Like, she basically is there to serve meals. She's not parenting she's participating in some sense but she's very she seems very like i got my own shit that i'm working on right now it's like you've read a book about this or something because (laughs) yeah you're right i mean she is not parent there's no like discipline it's just like vague positive reinforcement and then sort of winding up the clock and letting it be yeah which you know you would think that for these kids at some point i mean i don't know about you but my imagination only took me so far as a kid yeah 
And then I'd be like, well, I'm going to sit down and watch TV or play some video games right, right. now. Cause... Or like maybe read a book if I was really bored. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if all the batteries on my game gear ran out. <laughs> and the wall charger was nowhere to be found. Uh, yeah. Then it was something where it you're was... like, I'm going to concentrate on this other thing. Right. But yeah, it, it's, it's just kind of crazy. So, I mean, we have, we have all these characters. So uh, I want to talk about the two episodes uh, that we watched for tonight. Um, but I wanted to check and see first, are there, because I, I, I want to, I don't want to gloss over them because they're important, but I want to get to the point where we've talked about these key moments because then I want to talk conspiracy theories about this show and questions that we have, Charlie. That sounds great. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so the episodes that we, we watched uh, tonight, um, let's get into it. So uh, out of either of the two anyone that like jumped out at you that was really interesting well so what was the title of the news one because in my youtube video the title was cut off yeah it didn't come across for me either it was season five episode six so it's all about the the news right um yeah a couple things i mean it was just funny you're talking about references there's so many references in this episode that are way over children's heads so i think we sort of have kermit trying to be walter cronkite he's but yes. he's in like sort of a Vincent Price mustache, right, yeah, or like someone doing an Italian stereotype. <laughs> um, yeah, which, but he, you're right. He's got like the like, little triangle yeah, stash, he's got like, like, and then sort of the perfectly parted in the center, oh, greased up hair. Um, so I really like that. I also really enjoyed um, Scooter at the end as Andy Rooney. Yes. So I'm a giant 60 Minutes fan. And I love how he's, he's taking off his glasses and being exasperated, putting them back on. Um, so all those kind of things I really enjoyed. Um, but man, the old... And so I, I definitely have a feeling about like old toys. And the old toys thing just made me really sad. Because <laughs> I was just like, Jesus, I don't want to feel guilty for any of that. But a big part of this show for both episodes that we watched seems to be this like little bit of sadness and remorse towards the end of every episode. There's, there's always this moment, at least in the two episodes that we watched, right. Where the Muppets would, these Muppet babies would cry. Like they'd get upset about something. And I'm not saying, I mean, they're babies. I'm not saying anything regarding their age and, and the fact that they shouldn't cry. They should, but it, it was, it really seemed noticeable. Those moments you know, we had one moment where they couldn't find animal, right? Uh, and they were upset. And we have this other moment where they're talking about some of these old toys, and they get very nostalgic. And I'm just like, "How are you so nostalgic? You're like three years old, right? You don't have enough information for yeah. nostalgia. <laughs> like, what is your? Oh man, that bottle I used to have, <laughs> that blanket I barfed on. Oh man, that crib. Uh, I don't know why I'm being Ralph right, Ralph <laughs> right now. Man, that crib that I used to be in. Like, it was just, it was." It was very, it was very interesting, and it felt very honest. Yeah. In those moments, uh, and it felt very vulnerable to to have these these characters that we've seen on a variety show on like primetime television that are joking around and doing like comedic slapstick bits that are also puppets. Like, I mean, they're Muppets. I should not say right. puppets. They are Muppets that uh, you know are then suddenly in this thing where they can be as vulnerable as they are because. Yes, there were tender moments during the Muppet Show variety hour, but this seems like something where they're like really trying to kind of hit home on it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so anything else? I mean, from the, the news, I definitely had the, 
the 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 point where Rolf kind of comes in as like the MTV DJ. Oh, I like that. <laughs> and he's just like, well, he makes a comment. He goes, uh, "We're gonna show ten hundred of the top music videos," and ten hundred is a really weird way to say one thousand. Right. And I actually had to look it up because I was like ten hundred. I actually never heard that particular phrase for some reason, and it, it like threw me off for like two seconds. But ultimately, I just I like the fact that they were trying to understand something that was important to Nanny, which the the ultimate thing that they had for it was well, she watches it because she's trying to understand, or she says like. I want to understand who won the big game or what the president was saying. Right. In this day and age, like hearing that information, I was like, oh, that must be really tiring news. Like, right. That must or just be I too was much. thinking, I was just like, I wrote in my notes, Nanny has a real simpleton view of the news. Wake up, sheep muppets in all caps. <laughs> Not kidding. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> or like the kids learn that she watches exclusively Fox News. She's just like, she- <laughs> and just repeats it at like it's all fact. Oh God. That would be that would be challenging. But then at that point, I would wonder if they would even be sad or even have the frame of reference. Yeah, they would have no idea. That would actually legit be a reason to have Muppets cry. Right. Is <laughs> <laughs> if that was the if that was the given circumstance that they had for that setting, yeah, Muppets Muppets should cry if they right. thought that, that was fact. <laughs> Man. Um But it was just I love whenever they do these spoofs, whenever they try to, to come to it. This, this moment at the end where they get so nostalgic about their toys, they have this line where they're all in their crib and they're playing with everything. And I think it's Skeeter that makes the comment, uh, or maybe, maybe it was Rolf, but it's an exchange between the two of them where they were just like, you know, having a good, uh, finding and, and can, like, reconnecting with a good toy it's just like having a good friend. And I was like, is it? Is that's sort of sad. That's sort of sad. Like, to me, I was like, oh, that was a tearful moment that I was just like, oh, okay. I mean, I, I get the point that they're trying to make. Right. Uh, but just sort of in this adult lens watching the show, I was like, oh, you guys are lonely. <laughs> oh, man. got to do something to pull you kids out of this funk yeah like i've never seen a group of like more diverse depressed children (laughs) that just have free range to do whatever they want right yeah (sighs) maybe they need a little structure maybe they need a little bit of structure but so anything else from uh from this episode that we watched related to the news uh i think the musical portion so i mean every episode has a musical portion so while the main meat of the episode is a spoof on the news the musical portion is kermit and fozzy as the news brothers so it's a blues brothers parody i love this which just like is that wouldn't that have been like a 10 year old reference at that point yeah (laughs) so and then they do a Blues Brothers style song entitled Can't Stop the News. Yep. <laughs> it was something that was so, it felt so unnecessary because at some point I was waiting for them to cut to live action video from the Blues Brother movie. Right, yeah. And I, it, because of all of these live interstitials that they throw in that are clips from movies, I really would have thought that that would have been something that would have been a no-brainer right, for yeah. them. You were primed to look for it. Like, I'm just waiting for somebody just to come out and be like, I'm on a mission from God. And I'm like, all right, here we go. Yep. We're in this. We're doing this. They just never do it. They're like, we're going to make our own Blues Brothers 
Muppets references now, and we're going to commit to it. I was like, well, this is a choice. Yeah. You had options, and you made a choice. <laughs> so congrats to you. Yeah. But the song I thought was really enjoyable. The song was better than the song from our other episode that we watched tonight. Oh, yeah. Uh, the song in our other episode was simply the word best friends seemingly repeated over and over and over <laughs> again while they're in sort of a jungle-esque setting. And they sort of have a Ladysmith Black Mombazo <laughs> like backing track to it, which makes it a little bit more interesting. So they like they got the dope beats, but the lyrics are trash. Yeah. It was a it was it was something that when they jumped into it because I watched this episode uh which this episode was titled the title Oh yeah um uh Raiders of the Lost Muppet Raiders of the Lost Muppet So, so you've got one Indiana Jones reference but then they it's really Temple of Doom they right. didn't even touch on Raiders No but they all, but the the song portion of this is almost like a Jungle Book reference Right yeah totally different which it's really, really because Charlie, you and I have both done improv yeah. for quite a while, and it's always really funny when you're either playing with somebody different that you don't normally play with, or you're playing with like a, a new person, and they come in with all of those really interesting sets of nostalgia and references, and then they make a comment in a scene that they think that you're going to pick up on that's a movie reference or something, and this this is heavily called like reference improv. Yeah. Uh, and, and sometimes it can be a lot of fun because you, if you both understand the movie and if you know it, you can explore it together. If you don't understand or pick up that they're making that reference, it can go one of two ways. I mean, it can be a lot of fun to have somebody kind of guide you through it. Right. Or be sort of like blissfully ignorant and sort of aware from the audience's reaction. They're like, right. I'm sure this is something. Right. Uh, or it can just go horribly wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And like this show just has so many quick rapid fire references that it just it, it seems bananas to me. In this episode, this Raiders of the Lost Muppet in particular, there was so much almost from start to finish that like as I was like tallying and like writing down stuff, I got halfway through the episode. And I was like, you know, I'm just I'm just going to focus. Yeah, because otherwise <laughs> I would track is nuts. Otherwise, I would have been pausing and continuing to write everything down every like two seconds. It, there was just so much. Yeah. Ugh. I feel like at some point this show, especially this episode, and I think that this was even my recommended episode, I got exhausted. Yeah, it was a pretty exhausting one. So I really enjoyed getting through the news episode, but this one I was like, man, this is 19 minutes and it feels like double the length. Yeah, it, it's, it's a challenge. I mean, it, it's, it's interesting, um, but at the same time, the, the, whole, the whole interesting uh motivation behind all these references that they have is that uh they're all playing uh a game of tag and everybody is is hiding it's hide and go seek tag and they're all returning to a home base and they're yelling ali ali oxen free which is really fun to kind of hear yeah and watch that you playing like neighborhood games yeah exactly and so i loved loved neighborhood games uh tag capture the flag uh all that stuff was so much fun and you see them play this, and it, it's, it's really joyful. And then they get to this point where all of a sudden they don't know where Animal is. And then they all begin to panic. And they make the decision as a group to leave the nursery. Now, there have been a couple references at this point 
uh, as they're playing this game of tag. But then when they walk outside of this door, it's as if their imagination is just magnified exponentially. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's why they're locked in the nursery. Right. It's just to prevent the prevent imagination their, like, monsters. Psychedelic fugue. Ugh. But they, they, they make this journey, and this is suddenly where we get all of these different uh, movie references uh, incorporated into everything that we're doing, especially because then we have uh, this group of Muppet babies, they split off into two. And it just kind of all goes downhill from, the, from yeah. there. Yeah, we have a cameo from Molaram from Temple of Doom. Yeah. Which is very odd slash even more vaguely racist than actual Temple of Doom. <laughs> um, because they really whitewashed this character. Like, oh, yeah. They, they made they, him just look like a Ken doll who had been to the beach for a day. And so if, uh, if everybody's unfamiliar, this, this is the particular character who does the heart grab. Who does the Kalima. The Kalima. Uh, in Temple of Doom. And so instead of... This is what's confusing. At one point, they show you the stock, like the footage of sort of the the temple portion. Right, yeah. You see sort of the the skull carved out of stone. Right. Uh, And then they they kind of swing an action into into the space, which is then drawn. But then instead of having the actual actor or a clip from the movie present, they actually bring in and they draw and animate this character and insert them into the world. Now, everybody at this point, you know, is supposed to be actually interesting fact. Everybody that was in Temple of Doom and the language they were speaking, they were Sri Lankan. Ah. And so, uh, which was different because I believe I forget the, I forget the country that they were in, but it's, uh, it was always a big controversy um, because they were, they had Sri Lankan people playing this role that was supposed to be in a different area, uh, uh, presumably of, of Africa uh, or... I think it's India. Is in it India? Temple of Doom. Yeah. yeah. Or like some type of like Southeast Asia gotcha. area. And so uh, people, were, people were upset about that. And so it was kind of interesting because then when they draw these characters... They completely whitewashed all of them. <laughs> or so. they just have some of them wearing masks that appear to be made of stone. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it just looks like it would be something that would just like, man, you have really been hitting the gym today with those neck muscles. Like, yeah. they are looking prime. All of those guys were real tight. Yeah. Um, it's also funny that you see Molaram's face. I mean, of course you would. But compared to Nanny, who, um, you know, you, is never visible. Right. So. Because I, in addition to this character uh, from Temple of Doom, the only other adult characters that I believe that we see the faces of are Statler and Waldorf, ah, who come in in later episodes. In another episode, yeah. Um, but you see their full faces. And, interestingly enough, they're not negative in this. They're very supportive and encouraging. So it really leaves you... We'll get into that question in a minute. Yeah, for the conspiracy, for the conspiracy theory. theory portion of this, but I had uh, I had two things that really jumped out at me. Uh, one, uh, this best friend song that they sing that's in this Jungle Book setting. What key are they singing in, and can we never hear a song in that key again ever? Uh, yeah, it is unabashedly sung out of key by not only the chorus, but I think the. Th- four Muppet babies that are also in there. And when I say out of key, it's as if somebody was just like, we're going to sing. Like it's that, like I'm going to dance. Like nobody's watching. Yeah. (laughs) Sing like everyone's deaf. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, like it's, 
it's bad. It's bad, and it really gets to the point, too, where the animation, as we talked about, the quality... The quality of everything really dips for that segment. Yeah, it really, really... Because there's... Especially there's a part where Rolf is banging on, like, some vines, uh, kind of as a percussion instrument, and then uh, there's, like, a close-up of him, and then it, it pans back to, like, a wider shot of everybody kind of dancing and singing, and the animation quality goes from, like, an okay close up of Rolf to like a really, really poorly drawn <laughs> wide shot. They and let all the animators be drunk that day. Yeah, that must have been a hap- that must have been a good Friday for everybody. <laughs> just like, guys, we're gonna close this out and go home. Yeah. So let's just not worry about it. <laughs> but they uh they go through all of that. The key and I just if you are if you're listening and you're curious, go check out that song. It's I think it's called the Best Friend Song. It is really like it's fun and it's campy. But just if you pay attention, I had to watch it twice and really just like lend your ear to it for a second. You will hear so many people singing out of key and out of sync that it is bananas. Yeah. Now, the final thing that I have for this, Charlie. Okay. And this is what's really fucked up. All right. Is the punishment that they feel that they're going to incur. Oh, yeah. I had several notes about this where I was just like. Is there a secret history of domestic uh, violence? Yeah, or violence against children. Well, did you do you remember what Fozzie Bear says at one point? I've written it down. Uh, so can you let me, me let me share? So it says, uh, he goes, uh, and Nanny's gonna put me in a jar of centipedes and make me do push-ups until my brain turns into toothpaste. That seems like a kind of. Uh... And she's gonna throw a bucket of piss at me. <laughs> I mean, it really. Like it, it, it got really heavy in that moment, but yeah. like he's he's reacting in a way that's kind of cute and comical. But like watching it, I was like, this. I wanted to call child services. Yeah, or just like, can we do a wellness check? Yeah, um, <laughs> something. Yeah, that was very worrisome. Or just like, why would he assume that? Yeah, it, I don't know. It's if anything, Nanny is guilty of neglect, not really abuse. Right. Well. You know, we've talked about Nanny and we've talked about conspiracy theories revolving around this. Do yeah. you have questions that we could pose out as conspiracy theories for this show? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, to begin with the overall premise, you mentioned Statler and Waldorf. They're nice. So are we to believe that they, this is some sort of multiverse situation where they just aged later? Nice. Did they... Did they all go on a faster-than-light spaceship and experience time dilation? Oh, no. Well, no, they would still be whatever age they left, I guess. Um, but, like, I don't know. The, the timeline is very confusing, but they understand references from 1984. Right. I think the thing that is probably the, the scariest for me is that why can't they... they now, in this episode, uh, Raiders of the Lost Muppet, they do leave the nursery. But why are they never compelled to leave the nursery? Right. Yeah, my aforementioned concern that there might have been some sort of world-ending event. Right. <laughs> and they're just locked inside like Cloverfield. I mean, it really, it really kind of has uh, sort of a hostage situation where these, these kids are being held. Uh, presumably, you think maybe they're waiting for their parents, but they live in this nursery. Right, yeah. There are no parents coming and getting them at the end of the day, which, again, is another big question. 
What happened to all of these Muppets' parents? I think Nanny murdered them. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> They're all under the floorboard. Oh, like Telltale Heart style? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, don't go out in the hallway. Gonzo, your parents are out there. <laughs> or should I say, under there. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Positions are important in this. But it's, just, it's, it's so weird. And I, I'm, I'm, always, I'm always concerned because it's such a big deal. Uh, and it's become a popular thing where you don't show a specific character's face, and they call it throwing a Wilson. Oh, a la Home Improvement. Probably, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, that show. Uh, so to not show a character's face like that is throwing a Wilson. So they, they, throw, they throw this Wilson long before throwing a Wilson was even a concept right. or an idea with Nanny, which is bizarre because as we've mentioned you get other adults faces in this show but what about nanny was either so weird now i've read everything from uh she's a muppet herself she's like an adult muppet and they don't want to show her i've read everything to the point of she's horribly disfigured right i was gonna say like acid burns (laughs) i've read something that somebody threw out as a conspiracy theory that it's Jim Henson in drag. Whoa. I and like I, that one. <laughs> and that, to me, I was like, ah. Uh, it's kind of a stretch. Yeah. I was like, I feel like that's, I feel like you're reaching with that one. But again, it's one of those things that it's so, it's so interesting. It's so different. Uh, you know, you, t- to watch it now, there are those moments where I'm just like, I, I want to see her face. Like, you see, yeah. and we keep saying, like, you know, her, her legs, she has these, like, very, very notable, uh, like, like, multicolored socks. Yeah, they're, like, white and green striped socks with sort of this, like, uh, what are they? it's like a purple and kind of, like, red. It's, a, it's like a purple cardigan, but then, like, a red kind of, like, dress. Yeah, or skirt um, or something. Skirt, and so it's all very notable. In certain scenes, she, she does sit down. And you can see like her hands, uh, and you can see like the top portion. So like V for Vendetta, she's like pulling on a glove. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but like you see other parts of her, but you never, you never see like you even see hair. I think at one point, but you never see her face. Huh. That, that to me now is, as a kid, I would have never thought anything about it. To me now, I want to know, and I'm creeped out a little bit. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> Maybe one of the animators just like did a couple frames and they'll be released upon his or her death. Oh my god. <laughs> just like a big re- like a just big like reveal. my just like my father wanted the world to see Nanny's face. Oh god. <laughs> and we'll be 80 years old and be like, "Oh, Nanny." That would that would really be a Muppet Babies game changer. That would be <laughs> like, over 30 years after the show is on the air. Yeah, when you can stream the episodes directly into your brain. Oh, God. Can you think of any other conspiracy theories? Mm. Any questions that you have? Um, no, not really. Okay. I mean, can... Yeah, no worries. All right, so those, those are ultimately all our conspiracy theories. Guys, if you have yeah, answers... Your own. Yeah, if you have any conspiracy theories on this, we want to hear what those conspiracy theories are. Find us on Facebook, message us, uh, or at Morning Tunes on Twitter. We want to know. We want to get these things solved. We want to get down to the bottom of na- the nanny's face. <laughs> we want to figure this out. We want the truth. We're muckrakers. Yeah, bro. Oh, jeez. So, uh, so these are obviously our opinions, but the internet 
has a bunch of other opinions. Yeah. And so to, to talk about that, we're going to jump into love it or hate it. And so we are going to, uh, we've got one love it and we've got one hate it, which this is very weird. You know, we've had a couple, <laughs> we've had a couple shows recently where there's been like no real like love it or hate it. People are just kind of like, this was a cartoon. <laughs> very, very middle of the road, very sitting on the fence for this. But Charlie is going to kick this off with, uh, with our love it tonight. Yeah. So this is from uh, author Joseph the Owl written on New Year's Eve 2006. I hope, you, I hope it was earlier in that day, uh, Joseph. <laughs> Stroke of midnight. Yes, I feel real sad. Um, so Joseph the Owl writes, I remember the countless afternoons watching the Muppet Babies, and it brings back some of my fondest memories. The show really taught me about the importance of imagination, which I remember my grandparents telling my mom was a word my brother and I would always use. Mm, some bit bad mothering there. <laughs> like when we would build forts from couch cushions, blankets, and pillows. Like when we would play Star Wars, just like Gonzo and Kermit would. I was Gonzo. Another Gonzo fan, Sean. Another Gonzo fan. I remember my eager anticipation for newer ep- episodes or ones that I hadn't seen before. It saddens me to think about a future generation that will grow up without the wonderful, cr- wonderful creativity and warmth of Jim Henson. Mike drop. Yeah, that is good. Same. <laughs> God, Jim Henson, what a great, great creator, guys. All right, so let's... Let's get into this hate it. So I, I read this with a read this with a heavy heart and, and all of your vitriol. Yeah, all my vitriol. So this is from uh, Ian twelve eleven from West Hope, England, and this was on. Uh, hey, it looks like same year. Yeah. Uh, just the night before Halloween. So China <laughs> working on his costume. Working on his costume. I hope he went as a, a like a white and green striped sock <laughs> in like a penny loafer. Uh, So this is titled, Can't Stand It. This show is dreadful. I can't believe people used to watch and like this show. The idea was bad. The story was bad. The characters were bad, 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 bad. The thing that really annoyed me is that they took scenes from real-life movie clips and used in their cartoons to become a part of the baby's imagination. I could have been out innocently walking my dog, and some cameraman would be watching me from behind the bushes and film me in my black lab and secretly us, I'm assuming that's used, (laughs) use as a part of the film, probably displaying us as some frightening thing the babies run away from. The producer of this show should have been put in prison. (laughs) This was a step down from Jim Henson, and it was, is the greatest money-making scheme ever to have gotten away with... (laughs) Thanks to, with the help of gullible viewers of the 1980s, this show should have taken into complete obscurity. One out of ten. <laughs> I'm also going to give uh, grammar and sentence structure for Ian 12, 11. Uh, I'm going to give him a zero out of ten. Yeah, he doesn't even deserve it. Wow, one. buddy. This is bad. So these are, these are some other opinions. So, Charlie, we're going to jump now into our opinions. So, yeah. uh, so real quick. Do you recommend this or do you not recommend this? If you don't recommend this, do you give it the dip, which erases it from the annals of history for all of cartoons? Um, I definitely recommend it. Okay. You know, I think if you, it's probably, it seems like it was very hard to miss just in my little random survey of friends and my brother. Um, So, you know, I think it'd be sort of a nostalgic fun thing, especially seeing the movie clips and stuff. Yeah. Uh, And if you haven't, I don't know why you would be watching it, but... (laughs) You should. I don't, I don't know why you would seek it out, but it, it's enjoyable enough uh, if you don't have that kind of 
fan base. Right. Oh, I agree. Uh, I recommend this as well. This was one of those shows that I remember very fondly watching when I was a kid. I'm obviously now older and I'm willing to inject some conspiracy theories. These are all in loving fashion and nothing is serious about this. But it's, it's fun to watch. It's fun to see some of the things that are there. I'm not going to lie. The animation is a little bit crappy. Yeah. And I'll say that the songs were pretty much unnecessary. For and the kind most of up part. and down in quality. Yeah. And, uh, but otherwise, you know, the, the imagination aspect of this uh, that we, we've had, that we've stressed a couple times, I think is extremely important. I think it's very fun. And who would have ever thought that this could have been something that you could have taken a live action franchise like The Muppet Show and, can, and made a baby version of it? And so, uh, and, I, an animated baby an version. An animated baby version of this. And so, I know that Dave had posited the question. Can you take another franchise and baby animated version it and make it as successful? We're now towards the end of the show. Charlie, is there anything that you could think that you could take? So this is, this is one that hasn't been done yet, but could be. Yeah, sure. Okay. Ooh. There's also, you can just simply say, I have no idea. It's really tough. I mean, the only, the only show that's similar but not the same that comes sort of close to my mind is something like Tiny Toon Adventures. Yeah. Have you guys ever done an episode? We have not that? done Tiny Toons That would be yet. a good one to do. But it's a similar... I mean, that is the case where it's like the kids of... Right. But they're, they're like very similar to the parent, like Daffy Duck or Bugs Bunny or whatever. Right. Um, that's the only thing that sort of comes close, but it's, it's tough to think about. Um, Maybe Baby Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> oh my god! It'd be god. even more annoying. It'd be even higher pitched. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's it's funny because every time I keep thinking about stuff like this, I'm thinking about live action stuff. And can you make an animated baby version of it? And we just recently watched Alf with, mm, yeah. uh, with Jamal Newman. And I don't think that Alf would be a good candidate to make a baby version, <laughs> a baby animated version. It would just be a lot more of the same. Right. Uh, which is unnecessary. And I keep thinking about another live action one that we've seen is Popples. Uh, what is Popples? Popples were these stuffed animals that were, uh, they kind of look like little teddy bears. They look like really multicolored, fun teddy bears. Oh, okay. And then you'd pull, they had like a pouch that they could reach into like their hammer space and pull out any item. Uh, but they would, uh, but there was a lot of song that was in that. Uh, but it eventually became an animated series. They were used to sell greeting cards, gotcha. from like a greeting card company. But it was something that uh, it has an animated version to make it an animated younger version of it. It just doesn't make sense. I honestly, I can't think of a single thing that we could take and make a baby version of it. I will throw this out there because I know uh, Dave will will enjoy this, but I think maybe baby centurions. <laughs> I think baby centurions of sort of like the life and times of all, you know, Ace McCloud and all of the, uh, the other, the rest of the group just kind of coming up and, and coming into their own in terms of the military. I think that'd be fun <laughs> to see a baby version of that. So, but I think that that's it. So what about baby, baby starship troopers, the animated. Series? Oh my God. I would watch that. <laughs> I would watch the hell just, out of just that. Brutal military, like fascist military. I would like to know more. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we should pitch this off air. I don't want to say too much more. Exactly. <laughs> or do we do it now and then we just say copyright right, yeah. TM? I'm going to sue you. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, but thank you. Thank you, Charlie, yeah. so much for coming Thanks back for on the me. show. Always Absolutely. It's great to have you. Um, 
where can the good folks uh, find you online and what do you have coming up in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, so you can find me at my website. You can see paintings and stuff at visconage.com, V-I-S-C-O-N-A-G-E.com. Sorry, all my relatives scooped you on that URL. <laughs> um, or you can find me on Instagram at C-A Visconage, same spelling of last name. Um, right now, locally, if you're in the DMV area, I'm in an art show at the DC Art Center from uh, now when this is released until September 15th. Um, so check them out there. And uh, more shows to be announced later this fall, but I don't have anything concrete to report. No problem. And we'll, we will have all this information up on the website. Uh, as for me, guys, I do live improv comedy in Washington, D.C. with a group that's called Knox. That's N-O-X exclamation point. We perform with Washington Improv Theater, and we've got a whole bunch of runs of shows. You can find tickets and times with dc.org. And as always, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Paul Ellis. Well, that is going to wrap up everything for us this week. If you want to get in touch with us and drop us an email, you can do so. SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. Check out our website, www.SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. You can also keep the conversation going on Facebook by searching Saturday Morning Cartoons. Remember, that's Morning with a U. And you can follow us on Twitter at MorningTunes. You can also check out my handiwork on Instagram, Saturday Morning Cartoons on IG. Next week, we have some things that are coming up that are obviously going to be cartoon-related. So if you want to know more about this in advance, you can go over to our Patreon page, and you can support us there by supporting our Patreon. It helps the show. And we pre-release our schedule that we have for the upcoming month so that you can know what cartoons we're going to be doing in advance. So you can check that out, patreon.com slash Cartoons. Guys, thank you so much to Charlie Viscanage for coming on again. We will see you again next week. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.